Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, JB, and Danny Oakstad. We don't get to poke the bear. Right? But that means that we're going to be completely unhinged. No one's going to keep us on track. What are we going to do? As long as we don't burn this place down, I think we're fine. And if we burn this place down, we're going to have more than just the, the fire marshals to talk to. <laughs> My wife will not be happy at all. Hello and welcome, magic folk, to episode number 69, Giggity, of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We are your hosts. I am Matt Olson. We do not have Danny with us because he is doing adulting things. Being a real adulter and a Debbie Downer, or a Danny Downer in this case. Right. But, you know, all the best to him and not doing his adulting stuff because if you look in the discord right now it says that he is playing call of duty what a little shit and we can call him out on this right now because he's not gonna listen to this what a little shithead i've got adulting to do i can't come record the other voice besides mine is not danny's it is JB. Woo! JB is here. Yes, I am. He also doesn't listen to the podcast. I do every once in a while. I'm a little behind right now. We do actually have two more guests with us tonight. Not typical, but they are Chomsky and Barry, my dogs. So if you hear them accidentally, they are here. They just want to give their input. But guys, we have an episode for you this week. Let's thank our amazing sponsor, J-Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, North Dakota. They have so much magic product there that you are going to lose your head. They're stocked up on Jumpstart. They have Commander Legends. And all their singles are sorted and ready for you to get. Not only do they have magic cards there, but they also have playmats, sleeves, binders, all of the extra stuff that you want. Uh, also, aside from that, getting product, you can join in on Saturdays and Sundays for the weekend leagues of Modern and Legacy. They're not going on right now because of the holiday season, but you can join in on that. We play webcam magic over spell table, and you can win and have a good time. There's prizes. There's uh, getting store credit built up. So uh, join in on that. Jump in the Discord. So, man, this seems like it's going by really fast without Danny here to uh, tell us to stay on track. We're actually staying on track without him. Right? What the hell? Jesus, this seems ah, off. Ah. Let's talk about that breakdown now. The breakdown is going to go like this. We're going to pass you off to JB at the Boggle Desk, who will tell us about some event results and upcoming events that are happening. Then I will be the one leading you off with any BNR and news updates. Uh, we have some Moto stuff, promos to talk about, Oathbreaker news, and after that, we move to the finance section, closing off with a deck of the week where we're actually going to have a special guest jump in for that one. Right? Yeah. So yeah. stick tune. 
and then we'll send you home. Y'all can go home. Have a merry old time. Do do your thing. Don't stick around here and listen to us be us. Right? I mean, unless that's what you want to do. I mean, then, then by all means. Hit us up. Let us know if you just want us to jump on and you just want to hear our sultry voices talk about nonsensical, whimsical nothingnesses. Right? Hear Danny talking nothing but ASMR. Has the careless whispers. So, JB, I pass it over to you at the Boggle Desk. Insert random sports center clip. <laughs> so, unfortunately, this week is pretty, pretty lame. Um, there wasn't really too much excitingness that went on. So I'm not going to report on any event results because it's all just kind of boring stuff. So skipping that, we're going to move to the upcoming events where we have a CFB Pro Showdown coming up on Saturday, January 9th. Going to be streamed on Twitch. Sign up for Pro, you get a free entry. Is it normally free to Pro? Uh, yeah. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, that's right. All entry fees, or no entry fee, all pro members are welcome. Yeah, it starts at 9 a.m. Pacific on January 9th. You're competing with a $1,000 prize pool of Channel Fireball store credit, which, I mean, that's nothing to shake a stick at. No, that is a lot of magic cards that you're getting there. Mm-hmm. Format's going to be standard. And the $1,000 in Channel Fireball store credit is going to go to the top eight. And the winner will go on to face off against the final boss, which is going to be Huey Jensen. If they defeat the final boss, they'll double the prize. Nice. I think Huey, in one of the, in one of the uh, first shows uh, showdowns, actually lost. So if oh. that's a, if that's an indication to anything, sign up if you want to if you want to get some credit, <laughs> oh, I guess. Geez, if you want to double your cred. <laughs> I say that in jest. Huey Jensen is a very good magic player and he could spank my ass any day and wouldn't break a sweat. Right? Yeah, so next up we've got some satellite events going on for SCG for the Caldheim qualifiers. Uh first up we have satellite one through four happening on Friday, January first. Format is standard. Uh, first one starts at five a.m. Eastern. Second one is one p.m. Eastern. Third one is seven p.m. Eastern, and the fourth one is eleven p.m. Eastern. Satellite five through eight are going to be on Saturday, January second. Uh, number five starts at five a.m. Eastern. Number six starts at ten a.m. Eastern. Number seven starts at 3 p.m. Eastern, and number eight starts at 8 p.m. Eastern. And then on Sunday, January 3rd, we have the 5K Caldheim Championship Qualifier number seven at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And all those are standard. Join in. Link's in the description down below. Isn't it like six bucks, I think, for each satellite? Does it not say in the article? Entry, six dollars, yep. Includes $1 MTG melee fee. So typically it'd be 5 bucks, but they got to do a $1 MTG yep. melee fee. Because it's all done on that. And it looks like the 5K qualifier entry is free because uh, it's all invite only. And you get to the 5K for doing good in the satellites. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So join them satellites. Try to get to the 5K. Do yep. it up. 
If you have any listeners out there that have been doing the satellites, hit us up. We'd love to know your progress. We'll share it on the podcast. All right, let us know. Because you'd be better than we are. 100%. And I think that'll do it for our upcoming events. It's another pretty slow, boring week. Uh, so we'll turn it over to Matt, see what happened in our B&Rs. Absolutely nothing. Yay. Yeah. Uh, I think this is probably... Danny likes just even bringing it up too much at this point, but I think we could just say that, you know, there'll be no BNR updates until it actually happens. And then as soon as we say something about a BNR update, Danny's going to feel so left out. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But, Blogatog of the week, got one here for you. We're going to do this one, which is brought to us by Stormcast7814. They asked, do you think we'll get another double card mechanic like Adventures or like Expansion Explosion? Mark replies, yes. For example, the next two sets have MDFCs in them. And I don't think there's, the, the, the only reason I chose this one is because I don't think anywhere to JB or my knowledge, if it, well, if it was stated anywhere, then we're fools. Call us out, please let us know. But I don't think it mentioned anything when Strixhaven was announced if MDFCs were going to be in there. So this is just confirmation that MDFCs is going to be in Strixhaven. So JB, are you excited about that? About what? Not listening to the podcast. No, I'm totally listening. (laughs) (laughs) You mean the Harry Potter set? Yes, the Harry Potter set. The Harry Potter. Uh, I don't know, not really, I guess. We'll see what happens. We'll we'll see what the first couple spoilers are of it, and we'll, I'll gauge it from there. Right. We're more worried about Keldheim right now, and we're going to bring up some Keldheim stuff here in the news section. So let's start off the news section, not with Keldheim, though, but with some dates. Yep, some MTGO stuff. So this is part of a weekly um, update article, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that Watsi publishes. Uh, and these are announced updates and changes for week 14 of Zendikar Rising on Magic Online. Uh, Commander Legends is now live on Magic Online. Okay, so we have Vintage Cube running from December 23rd to January 13th. Uh, January 13th through the 20th is going to be new new Cube Spotlight Cube Series. Ooh, interesting. That's a lot of cubes. I wonder, I wonder what that would be, you know, new cube, if it's going to be like uh, big, uh, big cubes from people who have cubes, if they showcase them. I know that's a thing that they've done before, or is that specifically going to be the showcase? Nah, maybe, may, yeah, maybe the new cube spotlights is going to be where they have, you know, guest cube owners bring their cube in. Yeah, I don't know, maybe, who knows? And then January 20th through the 28th is going to be Vintage Masters Flashback. We have the Showcase Open coming up. Well, why didn't that pop up in our upcoming event? Huh. Mm, to think. If you would have uh, <laughs> done some looking. No, we're just finding that. <laughs> uh, okay, so the Showcase Open is happening on January 2nd and January 3rd. Then the car sealed? What? That's exciting. Wow. I do enjoy sealed more than draft. Right. Okay, so the showcase open allows anyone to try their hand at earning an invitation to the showcase. It doesn't require points or prior qualification to enter. Each event will cost either 40 event tickets or 400 play points to enter. 
They're both going to be Zendikar Rising sealed. Starting at 7 a.m. both days. Yeah. If you're wanting to try to, to get into the showcase. And if you're good at sealed, why not? Looks like the next downtime is going to be scheduled for January 27th. At 9 a.m. until noon. And that's going to be for the launch of call time. So looks like that'll do it for our MTGO update. Next in the news, there's this article talking about uh, the Magic the Gathering Netflix series gets an approximate release date and a placeholder on Netflix. Uh, this article is pulled from Andover Leader, Andover Leader, and it says, uh, simply on the off chance that you haven't heard Netflix declaration last June, the well-known exchanging game. Oh man, these guys don't know magic. All right, so, so if, uh, the, the, there's a placeholder. The article is just getting at that. There's a placeholder holder called Sorcery: The Gathering. When you type it in on Netflix, and there's a picture of like the Chandra, like Chandra looking, and it says Magic: The Gathering. There's fire, and a delivery year of 2021. And the portrayal says leader makers, the Russo brothers group with authors, Henry Gilroy and Jose Molina recounting a vivid new story of the enchantment using planeswalkers. Interesting wording there. But yeah. The 2021 is what it seems like the magic Netflix series is coming out. Hopefully no delays. Knock, right. on, knock on wood. I don't think it was ever confirmed if it's going to be like live action or if it's going to be animated. No, yes, I think either. it's going to be animated. Was it? Did, did we talk about that in, in an episode now? I think so, yeah. A while right. back. We've got 2021 promo distributions for Judge Promos. And it looks like there's not going to be member mailings in 2021. So whatever that means. Anybody that is a judge, they'll know what I'm talking about most likely. Um... But yeah, so conference attendees in 2020 received two conference-exclusive promos as well as two promos from previous rotations of member mailings. And since there won't be member mailings in 2021, the rotation plan has changed for digital conferences starting in January. Update will be reflected in their conference resource page later. So any of you judges out there? But it looks like January through April... For promos is announcing Nicol Bolas the Ravager and the Gitrog monster. And they have art below. And the Gitrog monster looks pretty sweet. Not gonna lie. It does. Um, the Gitrog monster art is done by Nils Ham, who's actually done a lot of uh, popular, a lot of popular artwork for Magic. Doing a live search here. So some of the art that Nils Ham has done, one of his prominent cards, is Delver of Secrets. Very popular card in Legacy. Also has done the art for Baleful Strix. Paradise Druid for those newer Magic players. Phantasmal Image. All these are just like good Magic art. Oh, Skullbriar. But yeah, uh, popular Popular magic artist is doing the Gitrog. Very horror-esque theme is what it looks like a bunch there. And with the uh, Nickel Bowls the Ravager, it's done by Lai Setwana. Woof. That was a rough, a rough trying to say your name. Now, doing another 
Scryfall search to find out what art they have done. So Lysatwana uh, recently. Stern Dismissal from Theros. Oh, it's done the Throne of Eldraine fling. Underworld Breach. People know Underworld Breach. Lutri. Did Lutri. Vito. Oh, Vito. Good Vito. Looks like this is a, a newer artist. Ooh, a Luminous of... Broodmoth. Oh, Helvar. Oh, they're, doing, they're doing Helvar, God of Battle, new card in Keldheim. Look at that. Oh, good repertoire here. I'm digging their art. Ox of Agonis. Amrith Lustrous. Lustrous. Yeah, no. Very, yeah, so they are newer artists then. Very new artists. Uh, their their, rep- their uh, portfolio is very, very small, but all of these are solid cards that have good art on them. Right. I'm excited for this now. The, uh, so the Nicol Bolas art it only shows the one side. We don't know if, it's, if the art of Nicol Bolas is the Planeswalker side of the Ravager or if it's the creature side of the Ravager. So they only show in the one art. Yep, that's all we've got so far for Art 2. They haven't really shown or announced any of the other promos for the year yet. Uh, yeah, they just got little, you know, judge promo symbol, placeholders of where what's going to be where. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. We will gladly tell you about them. As soon as we find out. But next, this one I found today on, on Facebook, the MTG Art Marketplace. I may or may not have got myself my first magic art print. You freaking whale. So, on the website, Illustrancia. You know, words are hard. I have a hard time pronouncing them. I apologize. The art for the Party Hard Shred Harder Decimate is a print for sale. Limited to 100, I was able to get in on one, but they are a guy seal print, which is like a thicker paper and has like print, uh, dented, not dented, I don't know, pushed marks and stuff on it. And they're all going to be numbered. So you're going to get X out of 100 if you were able to get in there. The size is 29.5 by 40 centimeters. It's sent in wrapped tissue in a two millimeter cardboard envelope. Uh, worldwide shipment using Express Indonesia Postal Service may take up to 15 days approximately to arrive, depending on your location. Uh, please attach your postal code and phone number under the order notes. Oh, it strictly requires a keep a proper order. I think I may have missed that part in adding that in the, in the notes there. I may be in trouble now. You might not get your print? I hope I get my print. They will send me an email with uh, the tracking number. I'm pretty sure I did get the email now that that I'm saying that. But it's $50, and I'm excited for this. It looks... Well, Decimate was one of of my favorite cards when they showed the Party Hard Shred Harder. It's my phone background right now. And and, and yeah, I'm excited to get this, hang it up in the the studio here. Looks like we've got some Oathbreaker fun coming up. For anybody who knows... Anything about Oathbreaker, which I know very little. Um, Should we make an Oathbreaker deck? Sure. I mean, I'd have to know all the rulings of the format, but yeah, I mean. It's like Commander, 60 cards, and it has uh, almost the same ban list as Commander. Can't you have Planeswalkers for this one? Yeah, Planeswalkers are your Commander, and you get a signature spell. 
both have commander tags. Hmm. Yeah, maybe I should do something like that then. It seems very fun. Right. This week in Oathbreaker. Sorry oh, for cutting God, you off there. Jeez. No, we've already got like nine offshoots. We, don't we haven't more. But we haven't done any one of them. Out of all the offshoots, this one has the highest chance of us actually doing it. Besides ASMR. Oh my with Danny. Okay, so yeah. Anyway, back to the topic at hand that Matt just so ever lovingly decided to derail the train. <laughs> um, there's going to be some Oathbreaker happening and it's going to be streamed on Twitch across eight different Twitch channels. There's going to be more than 20 people streaming for over 30 hours from January 1st to January 3rd of 2021. The event is called Oath Breaking Away from 2020 because 2020 sucked. Breach it. Yes, it does. Sucks. So it looks like starting at 3 p.m. Eastern on the 1st, they're going to start streaming. At twitch.tv slash unsummoned underscore skull. And then... And that is going to feature Alex Enders of the Oathbreaker Thoughtcast, Kristen Gregory from Card Kingdom, and A.E. Marling from Cool Stuff Inc. Nice. This is how we get our, this is how we learn about Oathbreaker. We're going to watch this this weekend. Maybe. There we go. Maybe. Let's get real. <laughs> I might, might not. Okay, so starting at 6 p.m. on the 1st, Jordan Hansen from LevDev YouTube. 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 YouTube channel. There we go. You got it figured out. We'll be hosting Colton Webster, A.E. Marling, and this guy on his Twitch. Whoever this guy is. He just says Paul. myself. It says Paul Kittner. Okay, that guy. And then closing the first night at 9 p.m. is going to be Seth Cross of Praetor Gaming, who is hosting Signature Spellbomb, Ornithology Games, and Josh from Oathbreaker RC. And that could be found on the Praetor Gaming Twitch. And then at noon on Saturday, you're going to be back at the Unsummoned Skull Twitch channel where it's going to be A.E. Marling as well as Joshua Swope and Nikki Roy, the general manager of Magic Kids. 3 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, looks like same Twitch channel. Uh, Jeremy and Nikki are going to be streaming again, joined by Ornithology Games and Alex Enders. Oh, snap. I might actually watch this one. There you go. So, there you go. <laughs> at 6 p.m., Alex Kessler of the Masters of Modern Podcast takes over the stream on his Twitch, uh, where, like, uh, Nikki Roy is going to be starting the third block of streaming, joined by Signature Spellbomb and Angelo, the Jess Guy Guerrera of EDH Rec. Yeah, I'm down for that. Right? Uh, Angelo has some pretty good uh, Arca Tune-Up articles on EDH Rec. And then at 9 p.m. on Saturday, uh, Seth Cross at Praetor Gaming Twitch closes it out, where he's going to be joined by Joshua Swope, uh, that Paul Kinter, and Coffee Grounds, manager of the Weird Cards YouTube channel. And then we're back on Sunday at noon at ALK Alters Twitch channel with returning panelists Ornithology Games, Stacey Winchell, from the Oathbreaker RC and Josh Nelson from Bleeding Cool. We've read a couple Bleeding Cool articles on this podcast before. Have we? Yes, we have. Wow. Look at that. Shows how much I pay attention. 
<laughs> so then Evan Brando of Rectify Gaming picks up a stream at 3 p.m. on Sunday on his channel, The Brando Show. He's joined by returning player Signature Spellbomb, Alex Enders, and Paul Kinter. And at 6 p.m. on Sunday are the, no, dumb, penultimate, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> it's going to be hosted by returning panelist Angelo Guerrera on his Twitch. A.E. Marling returns alongside Travis Norman from Hipsters of the Coast and Oathbreaker enthusiast Lauren, the Technicolor Mime. And then finally, for the final e event on Sunday at 9 p.m., A.E. and Lauren stick around for the grand finale hosted by Colin O'Clock on his Twitch alongside Gatewatcher of the Gatewatcher MTG YouTube channel. This is exciting. Uh, it's, it's a donation stream event. It's all going to be going to help out Magic Kids. We've talked about them in the past. They are an amazing charity that helps kids get into Magic and teach them and give them all the supplies that they need. So any donations is going to be helpful. And especially in, especially in a year of 2020 where kids definitely needed an extra outlet to be entertained, uh, challenged from, Imagine Magic Kids got... They, they need you know, any, any more help to expand out and do amazing things. Right. I know that I'm definitely going to be, uh, joining in, not joining in. I'm going to be watching, tuning in. There we go. I'm going to be tuning in and watching some of this stuff. And maybe this will be my foray into, uh, getting into Oathbreaker. There you go. Cause in my head, the planeswalker of choice is clearly going to be nickel bolus. And the, uh, the signature spell has to be the elder spell. So so thematical. I'm pretty sure other people why not deliver unto evil could do deliver unto evil. That's also very thematical. Man, if we could have if we could have enchantments as the spell, I would totally do the eldest reborn. Right. I was thinking about doing a Davriel deck. Nice. That'd be good. You filthy rack player. <laughs> I can't help it. It's fun. Oh, oh, little side note. What was the card that we were talking about the other day that you're like? Why don't people play this? In oh, rack? Liliana's caress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liliana's Crest. Did you ever ask it, ask around to figure out specifically why Liliana's no, Crest is I never, not? No, I never got around to posting in that group. Doesn't seem... I don't, I don't want to get my ass kicked. That just says something about the group. That just says something about the magic community online. Yes, the magic community online can be a very, very, very scary place to ask questions. Which is really unfortunate. That, so you, you saw this video of this there's these two people standing in line at a gas station uh, yeah dude gets slapped with a can yes yes smacked with a can uh those out there that don't know about it i imagine you just type in dude smacked with a can let's see let's see <laughs> typing it on youtube yep we're it. typing in right now dude smacked with oh with a twist oh that's he, he had a Twisted Tea. What? That's, it was even Twisted Tea? I saw some memes and oh, stuff damn. where it was like, choose your weapon. And then it uh, there, was, there was one meme where uh, uh, Link is getting, you know, we're supposed to be getting the Master Sword. He's like, here, take this. And instead of the sword, it okay. gives him the Twisted Tea. And I'm like, so, so Twisted Tea's a weapon now? But it's from this video. The meme that I saw then earlier makes a lot more sense. It showed John Wick, and he was loading a <laughs> clip. <laughs> and the, the very first... The, the bullet at the end of the clip was the twisted T. They'd photoshopped twisted T on it, and I'm like, 
This makes no fucking sense. Like, why is Twisted Tea all of a sudden popping up? I thought it was just from all the commercials because I've seen so many Twisted Tea commercials in the last, like, month and a half that it's just ridiculous. Uh, So I just chalked it up to that. Well, now it makes sense. The dude got hit with a Twisted Tea. Yep. (laughs) Fucking. Damn, dude. Yeah, you all need to really watch that, that. That video if you haven't seen it yet you know i got it pulled up here i'm gonna put it in the links down below it it, it, it it's an enjoyable one to watch that guy got what's coming to him just right oof. just knocked the f out i don't even know where we're going from there right where are we going from there <laughs> let's talk more news <laughs> so we had before uh keldheim stuff we got some keldheim stuff but before we get into potential i don't know I really have a hard time talking about leaks on the channel here. I think we're just going to be like, hey, description to an article that has the leaks here. I don't even want to give, like, speaking of this, leaks. the spoiler warning. But we can definitely talk about the newest card that was officially announced. Speaking of leaks, pretty sure that Twisted Tea Can's going to leak. <laughs> you and your jokes, JV. <laughs> you and your jokes. Keep it twisted. But can we talk about the new keldheim car that got released which one toski bearer of secrets oh man this one was announced on the 24th through wizards of the coast toski bearer of secrets is a green three one one legendary squirrel creature it reads this spell can't be countered it's indestructible toski bearer of secrets attacks each combat if able Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. And it also has the showcase frame on it as well. I don't know. I was a little underwhelmed. I was all excited and hyped up for a legendary squirrel, but... This legendary squirrel is amazing. What are you talking about? It's a a 1-1 indestructible that can't be countered. It can go through so many board wipes. All your creatures get that ability... Deals combat damage to a player, draw a card, and you're in the color green, so any amount of trample damage is going to be drawing you cards. I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. Maybe oh. just because it's a four drop. A four, well, let's see. Brash Taunter is five. That's indestructible. A one-one indestructible, and that has the... Uh, yeah, but that's like a stuffy har- doll. Yeah. That's understandable. That's broken AF. People play Bind into Fossa and Coastal Piracy. This is just that that can attack. And it can't be countered. I, don't know, I was just, I, I was just expecting more, I guess. And you get, and you get Lord synergies and stuff now. Like you have any, any of the things that give squirrels plus one, plus one. The Hermit Druid, no, not Hermit Druid. Uh, Hermit of the Forest. That deep, gives, deep Forest. Hermit. There we go. That that thing. It gives squirrels plus one, plus one. And then if you have, you know, uh, Morpheon as your commander, or or anything like that. I don't know. And, a, cre- a creature that just has natural indestructible, not only for commander purposes, but I imagine for sure standard is going to be wanting to be playing this thing. I mean, sure. Because people love squirrels, but I just, I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. I was expecting them to go in a different direction with it. Well, you don't know if there's not going to be any more squirrels or not. There might be, there might be another couple legendary squirrels. They didn't say that there will be a, a single legendary squirrel, did they? I highly doubt there's going to be another legendary squirrel. We will find out. This is the newest card. Toski, Bearer of Secrets. Okay, so anyway, anybody who wants to foil out your deck, Star City Games is having a holiday sale. 
25% off Foil Magic Singles when you use the coupon code SCGFOIL25 during checkout. I figure, you know, it's end of the year. Anybody who doesn't know about this to treat yourself, mm-hmm. go treat yourself. Get yourself some foils because everybody wants to get uh, pimp out their commander decks. Right. You have or, till January 4th to do so. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Oh, it's all sold out. I was about to say they got the uh, WMC qualifier, Abrupt Decay, the promo. That's all sold out. Oh. Oh, look at that. You can get foil pre-release absorbed. Uh, let's see if there's any other notable ones. Ooh, you can get... Oh, nope. Those are sold out as well. Acidic Slime, Sleeker Layers. Wow. I'm really sorry for posting this now. I'm, uh, it works for any foil. This is just what they have highlighted right here. Go, go to Star City Games. But... I do feel like that's a good lead-off into our finance section. Totally. So we start off the finance section, as always, using the amazing website, mtgstocks.com. Every week on Friday, they come out with a fabulous article called Weekly Winners, where they talk about cars that have moved up in price and cars that have moved down in price, give you a little reason why and stuff behind it. It's a very helpful article. The, the whole website itself is helpful. We are very keen to use it here at This Week in MTG. So uh, when we read this, we read this on a Monday, and the prices are announced on a Friday. The article comes out on a Friday, so prices may have changed over the weekend, and if they have, we will let you know. So the article starts off with, Christmas isn't going to stop us from posting our weekly winners this year. This week, we can... This week, we see some price changes because of the Keldheim spoilers and a spike of a somewhat unexpected card. To stay within the Christmas spirit, we'll also show you the price graph of some Wizard Holiday cards. So first up on the weekly winners, we have La Visa Cold Eyes. It is a Red Red 3, 3 3 legendary human that reads... Each creature that's a barbarian, a war- warrior, or a berserker gets plus two, plus two, and has haste. The card has seen a 427% increase, now sitting at $11.86. But then, as of today, woof, yeah, nah, you can still find these things online for $6. Put 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 $1.25 at Miniature Market. Ooh, Miniature Market. Hold on, before we say that, let's see if it's sold out yet or not. Nope, they got them. They got near mints for two, played for a buck seventy-five. The foils are up there in price though. Fifteen bucks for a foil at miniature market. But yes, this card, Lavisa Colize, has moved up due to the fact that bar or not barbarians, berserkers have been shown in uh, in Keldheim with Magda Brazen Outlaw. So the obvious reason, no different than last week, berserkers are a thing, uh and yeah, that's the blame of it. Uh, she seems to be a popular EDH commander to be, and Lavisa Colize is an amazing addition to the tribal decks. So if you want to read more about the spike, you can check out last week's uh, Berserkers on the Weekly Winners 51. Yeah, uh, can't forget as well, a bunch of warriors have been printed as well due to uh, Zendikar as well. So more than just more than, more than just Keldheim is the reason for this price movement, I would imagine. Keldheim definitely boost it because you know berserker is not a common uh common creature type next up <laughs> you have a card 
called Nut Collector. <laughs> no pun intended. And of course, it's on episode 69 <laughs> that we talk about Nut Collector. Gotta collect your nuts, boy. It is green five for a 1 1 creature druid, human druid, that reads. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a 1-1 green squirrel creature token onto the battlefield. And then it has threshold. Uh, threshold is, you, you have threshold as long as you have seven or more cards in your graveyard. And the effect is squirrel creatures get plus two, plus two. This card has seen a 254% increase, now sitting at $38. But as of today... You can market price is sixteen ninety three, and the average price thirty four dollars. So there's some people that are spiking the prices, but you can still find them online, relatively cheap. Uh, cart or miniature market seven fifty. TCG player they're already selling them at thirty bucks. So you may have missed out on that. So squirrels are now going to be a popular thing in uh, particularly EDH due to squirrels being announced. Uh, Toskai, Bear of Secrets. We just talked about that. Uh, and Mark Rosewater has already spoiled in Keldheim. They would include the the legendary squirrel, which was Toski. Uh, so, Deranged Hermit. There we go. That's the other uh, squirrel lord there. Uh, and that's, a, that's tacked on here. Deranged Hermit, which is a green, green, three, one, one elf creature that reads echo of green green three at the beginning of your upkeep if this creature came under your control since the beginning of your last upkeep sacrifice it unless you pay its echo cost when deranged hermit enters the battlefield put four one one green squirrel creature tokens onto the battlefield and squirrel creatures get plus one plus one it's only had the oh it's had a judge promo printing that's 84 bucks uh deranged hermit is sitting at $31 and has spiked up because of Toski there. Now, what's that Hermit of the Deep hours that you're talking about? Or Deep Forest Hermit. Deep Forest. Doing a live search here. Hermit. Because this also gives squirrels. Yeah. Average price of this shot up from 50 cents. Oh, no. That's the uh, foils have shot up from $2 to $5. But. All the prices on this one is pretty steady. So Deep Forest Hermit is a green, green, three, one, one elf druid with vanishing three. Vanishing three is this creature enters the battlefield with three time counters on it. At the beginning of your upkeep, remove a time counter. When the last one is removed, you sacrifice it. And Deep Forest Hermit enters the battlefield. You create four, one, one green squirrel creature tokens and squirrels you control get plus one, plus one. This is pretty much deranged hermit, except you don't have to keep paying the echo cost. For three turns, but there's ways for you to, to blink this and stuff. Yep. This is going to be moving up in price, maybe, if elves are going to be a thing. Here, Here's the This Week in MTG spec call. Uh, JB gets a shit-eating grin over here. Why are you smiling? Yeah, because I love this card, because I blink the shit out of it, and I beat your face in with squirrels. <laughs> okay, so you don't have a bunch of these, then, do you? You're not smiling because you got, got, like, two. 50. You should probably get 50. Right, I should. should probably spec on that. Yeah, spend twenty five bucks, get fifty of those, and then when they move to when they move to two to five dollars, you are gonna be happy. Though this came out only in uh, Modern Horizons, but I mean Modern Horizon cards are still very strong, very sought after. 
even though you know it's it's not a four of it's not you're not going to be wanting a four of this because this is just primarily going to be for edh unless kitchen table players you know they'd probably want a squirrel deck and so like then they'd be getting a four of this for their kitchen table squirrel deck i don't know i run two of them my soul herder oh yeah that's true you got the soul herder decks that would definitely be wanting this as well maybe jb the live spec yep calling it now folks go get yourself some deep forest hermit that way you don't have to get a deranged hermit if you want, you know, squirrel, tribal, commander, whatever. <laughs> Finally, on the weekly winners, we have Jester's Mask. It's a card that came out in Ice Age, so it has some interesting wording on it. It is a five-mana artifact. Jester's Mask enters the battlefield tapped. Then it has an activated ability of one and tap. Sacrifice Jester's Mask. Target opponent puts the cards from his or her hand on top of his or her library. Search that player's library for that many cards. That player puts those cards into his or her hand and then shuffles his or her library. Oh my god, that's rude. That is rude. Oh, that is rude. It's only had the one printing of it. So let's read specifically what this week... or. What this, uh, why this is moving from the MTG stock article. Quote, well, there is a spike I did not expect. This spike has a lot of signs of being targeted, a targeted buyout. Average spiked up tremendous. Oh, I didn't even say the price on this thing. This thing's seen an 18% increase now at $10.45. Uh, as of Friday, average price as of today. Oh, this is, uh, this is crashed or something. Because it shows the price graph for Rings of Bright Earth. But it looks like you could buy Jester's Mask for seven, eight bucks on pick your online site of choice. But back to the article here, it says this spike has a lot of signs of being a targeted buyout. Average spike ups, average spiked up tremendously, but the market price only moved up a few dollars, meaning the card is listed for a higher price than people are willing to pay for it. Jester's Mask is also on the infamous reserve list meaning no new copies will enter the supply ever. Now, in all fairness, even though I don't believe this card can sustain this price, there is a little bit of merit to it. Some people believe uh, Arkelos Lagoon Mystic is part of the reason for the spike, and Arkelos is the Turtle Shaman from Commander Legends. It's the Sultai 1-2-4 Legendary Turtle Shaman. As long as Arkelos is tapped, other permanents enter the battlefield tapped. And then as long as Arkelos is untapped, other permanents enter the battlefield untapped. So people believe that is part of the reason for the spike. I mean, in casual games, when Jester's Mask comes into play untapped, it's pretty fun, funny to spend six mana to wreck your opponent's hand and just stack it with nonsense. For example, all lands. Or you can give your opponents exactly what they need to counter what a third player is doing in some good old EDH diplomacy shenanigans. That being said, this is enough enough to warrant uh, for this price. I came across uh, I came across this video from Rudy from Alpha Investments, who also has something to say about this spike. Hi, Rudy. I'm with you on this one, and he links to the Alpha Investment video talking about Jester's Mask. That's a fun card. Not gonna lie. I'm down with that. No, stop getting ideas. Well, I'm not paying, you know. I mean, I would probably pay 10 bucks for the card. It's on the reserve list. But, but, as we learned in a blog tog earlier today, 
this this blogatog was going to be it was up for debate of being the blogatog for tonight with that or the uh one we just talked about with the MDFCs in Strixhaven. I figured the Strixhaven one was better, but Mark Rosewater said that, you know, they would print cards from the they could print cards from the reserve list. That's not in the color because cards off the reserve list cannot be reprinted, but if they are in a different color, so you, th- this could be like a six mana sorcery kind of a thing, maybe at some point or whatever. Very interesting. But the spirit, I fear you more than any specter I have yet met. We are at the part of the Christmas section in the weekly winners article here. And all it's doing is just showing some price graphs here. So it says in the article, quote, So not really weekly winners, but perhaps interesting to see during the holiday season, just like every year, Wizards has given out, or rather sent out this year, their annual holiday card. Let's take a look at which ones there are and their prices. So be a bit weary of these prices. We see that the more expensive ones have been bought out recently or were delisted. If we look at Thopter Pie Network, we see an average price of $723, but the market price still dangles around $20. And we see this for more than the special occasions card. So uh, beware, lots of graphs below when you look at this. So if you're interested in seeing specifically the graphs of these cards, really go check it out. Uh, it has the graphs on Fruitcake Elemental, Gifts Given, Evil Presents, like Gift Presents, yeah. Seasons Beatings, Snow Mercy, Fuel Ooze, Naughty and Nice, Stocking Tiger, like Stocking the, the, uh, the Sock, Mishra's Toy Workshop, Goblin Sleigh Ride, Thopter Pie Network, Some Disassembly Required, Bog Humbugs, Decorated Knight, and the newest one that came out this year, Top Top Deck the Halls. All these cards are super fun and flavorful, not gonna lie. Very, if, if you're able to get these just because, get them just because. But now JB has some cheap pickups for us. Mm-hmm. So first up, we have Academy Ruins Double Masters Printing sitting at $6.80, slowly trending down. Uh, then we got the Ultimate Masters Print Avengevine. Hold on, hold on. I forgot to read what Academy Ruins does. I don't always read the card. You don't? No, not usually. And I should know this. I edit the podcast. Right? Most of the time. Cool to this time. <laughs> Good, call. Good clearly, call. Clearly, I don't pay attention to you, JB. I'm sorry. No, you don't. I've gotten away with it for so long. So next up, <laughs> we have the Ultimate Master's Print of Vengevine. Sitting at $8.16, trending down. And last but not least, we have the Commander Legends Printing of Rings of Bright Hearth. Sitting at $6.94, trending down. I am excited for this one. Right? That one. Rings of Bright Earth is a very good card. Very good card. And I want multiple copies of that thing. And it being cheap, uh, being a cheap pickup, I am super happy for. And now, from the Magic Finance section, let's jump to 
deck of the week. And this week, we have something extremely special, someone extremely special, here to tell us about deck of the week. We have Wade97 here with us, who we talk about pretty much on every episode of the podcast. Hello. Hello, Wade. So, you're the one that submitted this deck of the week here, and you submitted it for very good reasons. It did you so well in the Mana Trader series this last weekend. Yeah, uh, so... I had to play the full 30 games to try and get qualified with the 60% winning percentage required. And so I was, I was in the mode of I need five straight wins. And I was just looking at different decks on the internet. And I was like, you know, I've never really played this version of Goblins. My first ever modern deck was like an Agro Goblins. So I was like, you know, this seems fun. And I've usually had good success when it comes to like combo decks here or there. Just because, for example, I did a Heliod combo at regionals before the whole country shut down, and I got 18th with that. So sticking with good old Goblin combos here. So what? So tell us about this Goblin combo. This is the new Goblin combo that everybody knows after Core 21 and Conspicuous Snoop showed up. So yep. Uh, so the main driving factors of the combo is uh, Conspicuous Snoop, and then what is the black card? Which na- the name is. Bogart Harbinger. Yep, Harbinger and Snoop. So, and this can turn into a turn three kill. And I actually got a couple people with it too, which was really surprising after, you know, you put down the Snoop. And nobody probably thinks that they're going to die on turn three because, you know, Bonin's a turn four game. Right. Would say. Yeah, they're expecting so, more of the Uro late dredges of games. So, uh, Main point is after you put down your Snoop after turn two, the goal is by then you can take the Harbinger, play it, put Kiki Jiki on top of your deck, make an infinite amount of Snoops, and then with the most latest copy of that Snoop, you copy Harbinger and you find a Sling Gang Commander, which then just drains out your opponent and you just get the dub from there. Sling Gang is a fun card that came out in Modern Horizons uh, Black 3. When it ETBs, you create two red goblins, and then it has Sack, a goblin. Target player loses life, and you gain a life. Yeah, this deck looks very straightforward. Um, the uh, Mog War Marshals, Pashlik Mons, another one from Modern Horizons, um, is this just to have that late game uh, goblin dies, more ways to deal damage in case like your combo gets interacted with? Uh, so it's actually surprising to me because looking on uh, Goldfish, for example, Hosh was, has come up a lot more than like if you look at when this deck came onto the scene originally. And I don't really specifically know why it's in the deck. I can see like if a board white comes around like another insurance policy when you have a bunch of goblins on board and they just decide to wipe you, there's another way to kill your opponent right there. Uh, for me, personally, it's one of the first goblins I usually take out just because it's probably just a one-trick pony and there's much better things that I can do with my main deck and sideboard than you can him in. Right, for sure. And your sideboard is pretty well balanced to like handle a lot of things in format here. You got... Uh... Yeah, Blood Moons, Boils, Chalice of the Voids, Goblin Crater Maker. That one is fun. You got your fourth yeah, copy of Munition Epic. 
he put in a lot of work doing those that five game stretch. I remember him doing a lot of work, especially with making sure Aldrazi Tron didn't uh, cook my goose there. Right. Uh, for those that don't know, Goblin Crater Maker. Red one two two goblin warrior it has one sacrifice goblin crater maker choose one goblin crater maker deals two damage to target creature or destroy target colorless non land permanent and having this out is having that in your sideboard access to that is super is super good because you have aether vials that you could flash it out with and then just pay the one to hit any tron uh, any tron threat that gets dropped down. He also did a fantastic job of making sure of like being able to kill something just with that two damage. Very versatile, and I think it was a very much a needed include. And yeah. I didn't think he was going to be doing as much heavy lifting as he did. Yeah, two damage is a very good threshold of getting things that you don't want your opponents to have, like uh, you know, Stoneforge Mystic. If I don't know if that's a thing that's been shown around a lot, but you know tags that like what what were some of the things that you were tagging instead of me just speculating let's just ask what were the things that you were tagging with the goblin crater maker then um i did definitely get a monastery swiss sphere here or there a couple more of the regular hate bears i know this is going to hurt jb's ears to say but i definitely pinged off a couple of thalias and cat jesuses too <laughs> how dare you sir hey they were in the way of w's you gotta do what you gotta do Okay, so the Adjadim's Awakening is also in the main board of this deck. Uh, that is black, 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 X. Return from your graveyard to the battlefield any number of target creature cards that have different converted mana costs, X or less. And then it's, the, uh, it's an MDFC, so it flips to be a black uh, land, uh, and it can enter untapped if you deal three damage to yourself. This card, were you playing this more as a land, or like if a game did get slogged out, were you actually casting it for like X equals two, and then you got like a, a munitions expert or a skirt prospector back or something like that? Um, the the initial use of it actually for me is so then it is that graveyard recursion, and I can grab the important goblins that might be the fit, that are needed for the finishing blow. Actually, the funny part about the land part, and this was probably uh, the second to last game that I won. Uh, it was probably the fourth game I won. And so I'm basically at four life. I'm playing against, oh, God, what, I don't remember what I was playing against. I think it was just, a, I think it was taxes, actually. And he taps out like he's like, all right, because he has a sort of... Uh, fire and ice on one of his creatures and he's going to kill me basically the next turn so i'm like this is do or die right now i'm at four life we just gotta find a way to get there and so i only have a a, uh, a consistent snoop on board and i think i needed a because i vialed in a snoop i play so then i go to my upkeep i just have that in my hand and then i draw the harbinger i'm like trying to think this out. Wait, do I just get there? And like, I was like, oh wait, no, sorry, <laughs> messing up the story here. I drew a matron. I was like, oh, we might have it. And then I grabbed the uh, card that I was just mentioning there. What was the black goblin again? Sorry. Uh, Bogart Harbinger. So yeah, Harbinger, I grabbed him. I was like, well, I'm one man, I'm one man short, but luckily I had the, the double-faced land right there. 
So I paid the three life. I'm out, I'm at one life, and then I just go off with my scoots right there and got the W. Oof. Oof. That is sweat. I'm not gonna lie. I thought I was I thought my goose was cooked. I was like, I'm at one life. <laughs> they got blockers. I'm just crap. And then luckily enough, I got there. Okay. Tar fire. What is the deal with the tar fire? I know this is just one of those cards that you always see in a goblin deck, but can you elaborate more on the the reasoning for just that extra point of like direct two damage? Like you can get it with the or Bogart Heartbringer, and it just allows you to cast it on top, like or with a having suspicious snoop out. So actually, instead of Harbinger, you can grab it with uh, Matron actually, and that can help be a little that little bit of extra removal that might be to help get through some defense. And it, you know that extra, you know that just it's a shock that you can search up to. And so, not going to lie, there was one game that I did actually power fire for the W there too. Just that extra two damage does make a difference. This deck seems like it can reach so far. On on average, is is this, you were saying at the beginning, like Modern's turn four format, is this Goblin deck getting to that turn four point? You said you got a couple turn three, but like on average then, out of all your games that you played, like how how often were you getting getting the game done before like oh i would have to say out of the five matches that i need to get the w's in i think the first three i think for sure i got the turn three kill on the first game which was just remarkable in my eyes and just like after that point they kind of know that the combo's coming so you got to kind of almost play a game of chess of well are they going to go for it or are they not and you know goblins is so versatile to the point where I can just not be so all in on the combo that I can also get in with combat damage. And that's what I did one time where I just made a whole lot of shoots on their end step, search stuff like uh, the Trash Master where you just, oh, I got the Crater Maker and destroyed an incinerating bridge and got the, just hit him damage right there. Yeah, this deck looks very good and very fun. Um, and it's a little expensive you know, I, on, the, on the expensive end with, with the lands in particular. You know, it's those Cavender Souls and the, uh, and the uh, Goblin uh, Rakdos land that's only had one printing kind of does not help the, uh, the wallet in that situation. Right. Otherwise, everything else is like pretty obtainable. Aether Vials, those are pretty rough too. But uh, Cavender Souls, Auntie's Hovel is the name of the land that you're thinking of there. Auntie's Hobble only had one printing, and just like I recently just bought a bunch of the stuff in person, just because I'm like, you know, I really enjoy this deck, and I think it has a, I think it's got a lot of legs for the future, just because they're never going to stop printing goblins, and I just think one day it's going to get there. It's going to be pretty difficult right now, just because Uro is the top of the format, and those decks are usually running Aethergust. So as yeah. soon as it, if you run into decks that aren't running Aethergust, it is all lights go. You can do whatever you want type of a deal. I mean, even outside of Aether Gust, like Uros themselves gaining that life, that makes it a little harder of an uphill battle for a Goblin's deck to, you know, get that final punch through because, you know, like, you're dealing all, I mean, unless you get the combo off, then you can definitely go way wider than what they're going to be gaining life. But, you know, the, the Aether Gusts and ways that they can interact that way definitely would slow you down, I would imagine. Correct? Or? Yeah. I just think this is a pretty fun deck. It has many different avenues of ways to get the W, and I think that's very important, especially 
with not knowing on whether or not you're going to be playing against many different strategies on Moto, that is. So with the next Mana Traders Modern event coming up, would you recommend this deck? Um, well, that's a kind of a hard answer to say, just because I personally haven't played against a lot of the stuff that you know we see on Goldfish doing quite well. You know, I think there's a lot of easy wins, and there's going to be a lot of hard matchups. Like for example, my very last match that I had to play to get that final win that was needed was against Burn, and that was just like, oh goodness me, I I got to think about this and make sure I'm not going to screw up. So, uh, I think just with, let's say, with like, I know like with the top of the meta being an Uro pile with Omnath, Heliod combo, and uh, Death Shadow, I think Goblins is very well positioned to the point where they can probably sneak past everybody. Because honestly, it's more of a rogue deck that if, you know, if you're not prepared to go against, you're not going to do that well again. In my eyes, at least, for the Goblins, that is right now. Right, because people are definitely expecting, you know, Shadow to always be around. Now with the the, the four-color piles with Omnath, Uro, everyone's expecting more of that or just the prowess as the aggro, as the aggro deck in the meta. But then, you know, you have this very, very good aggro deck in Goblins. That it's not the same. It, it, it can't be countered the same way sideboard wise that what prowess can because i imagine a lot of the times that's what they would kind of have to do right is side against goblins in a aggro-ish mentality or uh like uh mono metal. yeah like compared like if uh your opponents are have their sideboard stuff for like prowess or blitz and stuff like that like they're going to be taking those cards siding them in against goblins as well yeah they're more th- when it comes to like playing against those very aggressive decks, they're going to become the control deck because they want to make sure that they don't die when they tap out. So they're just going to wait until I play my goblins, and then when they know the coast is clear, then they're just going to get... you know, Because they only need one creature, and they can cast a lot of spells for a lot of damage a lot easier than I can. Indeed, it looks like it. Wade? Thank you so much for jumping on and and doing this deck of the deck of the week with us. This is this is this was actually very cool. I think. No, no problem. I really enjoyed it, and I gotta say, before you go, those chalices of the voids are the reason why I won against Burn that last matchup. Chalices on ones, I never thought we were gonna be that important against Burn. Oh, it hits everything, and it misses you completely on everything. It's like, oh no, I can't ca- cast tar fire now. Oh, well, I only well, got one in the even deck. Even that, it's just like, I didn't realize this, but they had boarded in Path to Exile to get rid of my stuff, <laughs> and that just completely blanks <laughs> their removal for my for my goblins to that point where they're just like, well, crap. So <laughs> I was like, doing work. So the chalices are the dark horse heavy hitters of that sideboard, not going to lie. It, it it has to be the heavy hitter for like any deck that has it in their sideboard. If if you're able to, if you're able to get your hands on some Chalice of the Voids, having them in the sideboard is always necessary. I would say. Yeah, I bet JV loves hearing Chalice on one. Nope, I hate Chalice. Chalice needs to be burned and purged from <laughs> Magic history. Period. Oh jeez. Me as an As for Toll player, I hate Chalice on zero. <laughs> Yeah, you do. 
but no, I really enjoyed it. I'm I'm hoping to do well at least. That's the hope. But you know, I I'm not like holding my breath on anything just because I know my luck. And you guys were there with Beachmills, but you know, I started O two and I thought, well, this was a fun fifty dollars to spend, but I won the fifty dollars back going on the Pixel itself. So when's uh the last you qualified for the last uh, event here, right? Yeah, so that's happening this weekend. And if you're like you said, if you if you want to stream, maybe we'll uh we'll give you some access there and you can you can stream if you don't have your own way to stream. You know what? I might pick you up on that, but we can talk about that off off podcast, you know. Perfect. Wade, thank you. We'll but let yeah, you go back I, to your I'm family. Looking forward to it. I'm not uh I'm not holding my breath on top eight though, but hey, man. you're just hoping to win four thousand dollars, hopefully. <laughs> we're we're rooting for you. We are rooting for you. But thank you for having me on, and go goblins. <laughs> go goblins. JB is shaking his head right now. Oh man. Well, well, guys, that is another episode of this week in MTG. We gotta, we gotta be, I don't know, like very. That, that was exciting. If you guys want to submit a deck for deck of the week, we could probably work it out to where you come on and talk to de- talk about the deck yourself. Way better than a couple of blubbering uh, idiots, schmucks with mics, you know. Thank you for making it to the end of episode 69, Noise, of this week in MTG. You guys are all legendary magic folk for doing so. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, join the Discord where you know we talk interact post articles you can listen to wade 97 as he goes on with his goblin decks and progress and stuff uh if you guys have comments questions concerns you can easily contact us on all of those platforms but you can also send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com email it's a good way to do that we guys appreciate feedback we guys us guys we words words are hard we like feedback of any kind we always want to improve we definitely want to uh, strive and work towards to be no it's not we want it we are striving and working towards being your aggregate news source for all things magic the gathering while also hopefully entertaining you as well being at least decently interesting indeed we hope that we're doing that let us know and then please guys send love over to j-dubs sports cards and gaming they are amazing for agreeing to be a sponsor for Three Schmucks with Microphones. And also, I guess now could be a good time to talk about, we have some plans for the podcast in the future. We're going to open some things up, start doing some more things. We've talked about streaming. We've done an EDH stream on... Oh, I guess, I guess we can start plugging that now. We have a YouTube channel. Oh my god. Yeah, we have a YouTube channel. So, uh, look up This Week in MTG. On, on YouTube, you'll see our logo uh, for the th- there's there's these uh, weekly videos of finance called This Week in MTG, but we're the channel This Week in MTG. Yeah, you'll see the logo. Yeah, uh, we got we got uh, one episode up there. We got the spell table interview up there. Uh, we made I edit I edited that into an audio visual form, and then we got a uh, 
a stream that we had up there of JB and I playing some Commander, and we're definitely looking at doing that again at some point. So join the Discord. That's where we'll most likely be posting that up first because, you know, we're still new to streaming, and we maybe want to keep the, the group small when we start streaming. So that way we don't make big fuck-ups and the whole world sees. I mean, they're right? going to they're gonna see on YouTube anyways. You know, the internet is forever. But that's besides the point. And with the YouTube as well, if we work out with something, maybe you can see Wade97 play some magic this week in the Mana Traders events. JB, do we have anything else that we got to add to this? Danny sucks for not being here. Danny sucks for not being here. Boom. Mr. I'm going to play Call of Duty instead of doing my podcast duties. Yeah, we see you, Danny. Yeah, uh, you're still playing Minecraft right now at this time. So go go suck it, Danny. Yeah, go let all the cows out, damn it. And that seems like a good place to end it. We will catch you guys next week. See ya.